Living in the rising sun, the land of bamboo, Tengu, and Gundam Like, yo, can't believe I finally made it, my two recelebrated Golden week, hold it down with my cho Yo, Minasan, it's John Sensei. I am back to talk a little bit more about Japanese volitionality today. If you are not familiar with what I'm talking about, make sure to go to the episode that I did yesterday to see exactly what we are talking about. And today we are still doing our Kickstarter. So if you'd like to help support us in making the Japanese kanji posters, preparing for the JLPT just a little bit easier, check it out on our Kickstarter. The link will be below. Also, we want a big thank you to Gizmo for making our music interest. I haven't thanked him in a little while, and I want to make sure everyone can find Gizmo on YouTube. He's got some fun things going on there. But let's go back to some of this philosophical linguistics here, okay? So um, this is a little bit different kind of episode than I've done before, and I want to see if this is what people kind of like. So I'm trying this out. So bear with me here if you want to get back to like some hardcore um, how-tos. But the other day I was talking about this, and I think it's extremely important. That is volitionality. We talked a little bit about naru versus suru and how those can show the choice someone makes with something. Now, this does not mean that someone else cannot make a choice. A good way to bring this about is by asking a question. Um, we use the example of benkyo suru to study. Now, if I say, I could ask someone if they are studying Japanese with a pseudo verb, and that would be just fine because I'm asking them if they're doing that volitional act. I'm not making a statement about them. However, if I'm making a statement about them, for example, I could say, He is studying English. However, that is my perception and my statement. I am not speaking for Yamada-san. That is an important note to have in your brain as you're thinking about this linguistic problem here as we try to understand who's doing what. What I would simply use for Naru is usually you're going to use it for um, acts of nature. You're going to use it for becoming, of course. That's a different kind of Naru in my opinion. Um, however, you're also going to use it for things outside of your control. A good example of this is, like I said before, natural things like weather. Um, it became cold. Samuku narimashita. Or um, I could use it for something like um, usually you use coming and going a lot with nature, like with typhoons. Or ways of saying it like that. Um, however, a good way to represent some of these things that happen outside of control is um, acts of like death. Um, so it doesn't just, ah, it, that would just be they died. It's very rude to say. You would say it with, ah, they passed away. They became oh, they became out of life. They they faded off. Um, they passed away. I guess would be a better way to say it. Um, so being able to identify where something is coming from is extremely important. Um, it does. T it is a little bit of hit and run though. When you are speaking Japanese. Um, People will remember, particularly if you do not look Japanese or are not particularly fluent, that you are still learning and most likely will not take offense when you do make a mistake. And I think this is a key point. However, when you do make that kind of mistake where you're talking about someone controlling someone else's actions, make sure that you are doing it correctly. If you have any questions, make sure to ask them and they'll be more than happy to help you, I'm sure. With that, I will just sign off. 
Thank you for listening to this today, and I will catch you tomorrow where we talk about more grammar in action. Until then, Johnny. Stay facts.